welcome to the Fantasy Island Dynasty Podcast, where we talk about all things fantasy football. My name is Butch Gum, and I'll be your host. Sitting in the co-pilot seat is the man, the myth, the legend, John Lopezanski. We are here to help everyone be better fantasy managers and to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly our league has to offer. Thanks for listening. Let's start the show. Welcome in, everybody, to the uh, Fantasy Island Dynasty podcast. I'm your host. This is me, Butch Gum. I'm here with my buddy, John. How you doing, John? Hey, what's going on, Butchie? What's the matter? You gotta ruin it. You gotta ruin it like that already. Oh man, I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood. Me too. We we had a very interesting morning. Very interesting morning. Well, yeah, and you you fell asleep before all the fun uh, before all the fun started. So you know, last night into this morning. Well, you know, we'll 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 get into it later. but uh, you know, today on the show we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about last week in our fantasy football uh, lives, the things that happened, the good and the bad, and then we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about uh, next week, and we're also gonna spend some time talking about some trades, and uh, the main event of the show is uh, talking about uh, trades that we would like to see happen. Um, for the teams, the teams that are getting ready for a, for a playoff run here, you know, the ones that, you know, maybe not, maybe not your team, John, cause you're, you're seven and two and maybe not Joe's team because he's eight and one, um, cause you really dropped the ball there, but, uh, definitely like, um, you know, my team or Coons team or Kodiak or, uh, Lucroy trades that could be made, um, positions they need to help uh, try and propel themselves for the championship and um, players on their team, they might be able to use in order to get um, those deals done. Um, If you, uh, if you like what you hear tonight, you know, be a friend, tell a friend about the show. You know, we're, we talk mainly about our fantasy football league, but we, you know, we, we talk about all things sports, all things fantasy football. And we want to uh, be a place that uh, people can come listen to a couple of regular guys talk about, you know, their favorite subject. Um, hey, but, you forgot. Uh, uh, further ado, you forgot hardworking blue collared guys. Well, the regular guys, hardworking blue collar guys is the regular guys. You know, we're not doctors. <laughs> we're not lawyers. We're not. We're none of that. We're you know, I'm an electrician. You're an HVAC tech. Um, and you know, I know a couple of the guys are also construction workers. We're just normal dudes that you would sit next to at the bar and maybe get in a fist fight with over uh, football. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, I think first, first things first, we need to talk about our game pick results. You see, because, you know, me, you and Robert, we put a lot of thought into why we pick who we picked to cover the spread each week, why we think each team is going to win, you know, and, and we feel pretty good about our picks going in. And then we have great friend to show the beautiful Sarah, my wife, she comes in here, no care in the world, no knowledge, really. She goes 10 and three 
And me and you, we we did respectable. We went eight and five, you know. And then Robert, I mean, you just you know six and seven is it's unacceptable. You're gonna have to work on that. But um, you know, the work from my wife on on beating all of us, smoking all of us on our uh, our game picks. I mean, that that was that was a real kick in the nuts. I don't know what you thought about that. Well, I I thought it was amazing what your wife did, but Robert going six and seven is a direct reflection of his uh, fantasy team. So that wasn't very surprising. Uh, did we figure out what this we is were? True. <laughs> did we figure out what we were going to use as uh, Robert's? Um, since he lost that bet, what we were going to put his name as for the week? Um. Yeah, I think I think his uh, his name for the week should be um, something along the lines of uh, Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> or, um, you know, 2021 pick one, you know, that'd be a good name for him to have too. So I'll let you being the deciding, uh, the deciding factor on, uh, on the name though. Uh, you know, I, I do like Mr. Irrelevant, uh, but I think 2021 pick one, uh, Sounds about right for uh, his future. So if you want to choose that and agree on that, I think uh, we're good to go with letting him know that. Um, yeah, for that, sure. That's going to be his name going forward, at least until next week. Yeah, yeah, till next week. You know, he can change it to whatever he wants after uh, after the games are played on Sunday. But you know, for now, you got to submit yourself to the process. But um, anyways, so this week we had a week where we could have had upsets galore. We could have had both divisions turn into a big dead heat for the two spot and the three spot on each side, making nine different teams out of 12 uh, bite their nails to the bitter end, gunning for the playoffs. We could have gone into week 10 trade deadline with nine teams trying to wheel and deal to make their run to try and ensure, well, I guess eight teams, because uh, Cash would be the ninth, but trying to ensure that Cash does not repeat as champion. Basically, it would have been complete and total chaos, and uh, that would have been my favorite. I'd have been here for all of it. Um, but instead, you know, we got contenders doing contender things, and we got hopefuls, wannabes continuing to live on just that. And now it seems like the top three teams on both sides are going to have to run into disaster pretty much to be removed from the conversation of playoffs. Um, and honestly, I, you know, that, that makes my blood pressure go down. But I think it would have been a little more fun um, and probably made for a more uh, more crazy trade week if we would have had nine teams all vying for that position. What, uh, what main takeaways did you have from this week? I mean, man, this week was interesting. Um, obviously, I lost this week, which uh, wasn't very enjoyable. But uh, I, I could have saw that coming with how many points my team put up uh, the week prior. It was almost a given that uh, my guys had to come back down to earth. Uh, it's just unfortunate it had to be against cash. But um, I think the team that really made out this week with a win was uh, Treebeard. I mean, he pushed himself back into uh, playoff contention. And uh, I think he really knocked Hulk out. Now, if he if Treebeard could at least keep a one game distance on Hulk, uh, I don't see anyone else taking over that playoff spot that he uh, earned last week. 
Uh, currently, actually, if you look at the statings, Treebeard is not, uh, he's not quite there. He is in the hunt um, at four and five, but he has uh, Kodiak ahead of him in his division at um, at five and four. Um, and also, I it, also me and Lucroy are at five and four. Uh, Coons at six and three, and then obviously you and Joe seven and two, eight and one. Oh, that's um, right. What the hell was I looking at? I'm not sure, but um, with that being said, he, you know, I don't. I'll put it this way: I don't condone. I don't condone tanking, um, because I think it it, it skews things. However. Treebeard, it would behoove Treebeard to make some business decisions to not make the playoffs because his team, you know, he's made some decent moves, but his team just doesn't have the horses to get it done, barring, you know, something absolutely crazy um, happening. Um, so, you know, but the top, the top three on both sides is we got. Um, make Dynasty great again. You got you at seven and two, myself at five and four, and Lucroy at five and four. Um, and then in the Tacos division, we got Delvin and the Chipmunks at eight and one. Um, I am the Coon at six and three, and Kodiak at five and four. So it would take, um, it you know, with with Kodiak's uh, points scored, it would take him losing. Uh, you know, two games and Treebeard winning those two games in order for him to overtake that spot. And I, I think that's just, you know, Kodiak's got a good, a good solid team. It's going to be hard, you know, it, I, it could be done, but you know, I don't, if you look at the, the, the heavyweights in the divisions, I don't, I don't see a path for Treebeard to uh, knock them all off and go for the belt. So, um, you know, that's kind of why, this week or you know this week was so important for teams like him his the win and uh he needed a couple other guys to lose in order to in order to still have a chance but you know so you think moving forward jim and uh tree are going to be on the outside looking in and possibly that window has already been shut on them uh i i believe so um i think they they would have a hell of a time trying to uh trying to pull that off now you know with that being said treebeard could win this week um because he's playing chops and that would put him at uh five and five and then um and then you know jim uh is looking currently like he's gonna lose to hulk which would uh which would put him at four and six and hulk smash would also be at four and six and kodiak could lose this week to uh, to Lucroy. Uh, there's a big chance um, he's going to lose. He got half his team on bye. He's got Matt Ryan as quarterback, yeah. Julio Jones. You got Travis Kelsey on the bye, Jamison Crowder, and who's he got at quarterback? He doesn't have another quarterback. He got Dwayne Haskins. So correct, but then but then the following week um, he plays Can't Guard Mike, and at this point, um, you know Can't Guard Mike is he's he's trying to do everything he can to uh to make sure he gets that uh to make sure he gets that um the you know the number one pick if he can 
he does have the lowest, uh, the, the worst record in the league besides chops. They're tied. Um, but you know, some of this, that's not, you know, he's got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both on his bench and those players, you know, they're both back. So the projections obviously aren't, uh, aren't a hundred percent, um, accurate. Um, but I, you know, so I believe he'll win that game. And then week 12, um, you know, Kodiak plays I'm the coon, which is a tough, that's a tough draw, but then Treebeard plays Dalvin. So, you know, he's not going to gain any ground there. And, um, and then, you know, the final week, week 13, Kodiak plays Dalvin and then Treebeard plays, uh, Robert. And so they would be tied, but Kodiak has scored so many more points than, um, than Treebeard, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot to overcome that point total. Um, to so, propel himself into the playoffs. So what do we got looking forward? Who's this one? Who, what is the first team we're going to focus on, on a possible trade that would, um, be, um, valuable to them to look at, to, uh, well, make this playoff push. You know, all right, so my favorite my, my favorite is uh you know Lucroy's team. He uh he definitely needs needs a running back. Now I don't know who who has a running back that they'd be willing to, to give up, but Treebeard does have a lot or not Treebeard, excuse me. Uh Lucroy does have a lot of good good wide receivers that um, that could garner uh, some help at the running back's uh, position. You know, he's got Juju who, you know, Juju is, he's doing all right this year. Um, he's had some good games, had some bad games, but it doesn't look like the Steelers are going to re-sign him. So he might be the number one or the number two good night, buddy. Uh, wide receiver on a team next year. Um, and, it, you know, he's, he, I mean, he had a 1400 yard season, so he's going to get, he's going to get a payday. Um, you know, I mean, Randall Cobb is still getting paydays off of his one 1400 yard season. So, um, not that Juju and Randall Cobb are at all the same. I'm not saying that I'm just, you know, anyways, um, he's also got Cooper cup. Now Cooper cup does have a great playoff, uh, a great playoff, uh, um, schedule which schedule is not everything, but the Rams are playing against some of the absolute worst passing defenses in the NFL through the playoff run. So, you know, he might want to hold on to Cooper cup, but he just signed a big contract. He is the, uh, he is the touchdown guy for the Rams. Um, and if you believe in the Rams offense, you know, cup, he might be able to get, uh, something for cup. And, uh, he's also got Nelson Aguilar, which doesn't seem like a flashy name, but if you look back at uh, what Nelson Aguilar has been able to do, he is um, Derek Carr's second favorite target, you know, obviously behind uh, Darren Waller. So Aguilar could, you know, Aguilar, Aguilar and Juju, Aguilar and Cup, you know, something. You could He could package those together. And don't forget, he does, I believe he has all of his draft picks. So he could, you know, he could package some of those together to go and try and get a running back from one of these um, you know, struggling teams. He did just trade away Joe Mixon. However, 
you know, I don't believe Joe Mixon was really going to help him through his playoff run anyways. I mean, he, he he can't get back on the field, so. That was better than, I think, what he has now. I mean, other outside of Mike Davis only getting the amount of touches he's gotten since CMC's been um, down. I mean, you're really going to put all your faith in Devonta Freeman? Well, no, that's why that's why I'm saying he, you know, if he expects to go far in the playoffs, he's going to he he has to find a way to go get a running back. Now, Christian McCaffrey is down. The timeline I've heard so far is probably 2 weeks, 2 weeks minimum. Um, you nah, know, man. so that's going to help he's him done. get it, They putting him up. Just wait. Give it give it to not. the it's end not, of the week. No. The end of the week he's going on Listen, IR. He's getting a second not, opinion. Like, we are not here to comment or speculate on potential <laughs> potential injuries, um, especially when they affect my team so heavily. But um, with that being said, you know, if if Mike da- – okay, well, let's pretend Christian McCaffrey is done. Mike Davis is a great running back um, to have for the rest of the season, you know, at least middle of the pack, you know, probably top 15 running back. Um, but that's not going to be enough to get it done. So he's going to have he's going to have to find another running back option. Um, you know, maybe he can maybe he can convince the uh, the Zeke owner, um, you know, to 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 give him to give him up, uh, which I believe is Hulk smash. You know, Zeke Zeke's had a down year. Might be able to buy him a little bit cheaper because the uh, future is uh, an unknown. But you got to expect that the. Uh, that the Cowboys offense starts playing a little bit better. I know they lost to the Steelers, but they were right in that game. Um, you know, maybe there's a little confidence boost and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they can get a couple things going on moving forward. I, you know, I'd like to think. What do you think of this fantasy sleeper, Todd Gurley going forward, at least for the rest of the year, he's put up decent numbers, at least for RB two to pull you through, I think into the playoffs. With easily number uh, good enough um, numbers for a flex. Yeah, and he's he's on by this week. Um, you know, Jim Jim's another team that's not uh, not looking to make it into the playoffs, and he does have a um, he's got a he's got a really crappy uh, playoff schedule. He's got um, you know he's got the Chargers, which haven't been giving up a ton of points to running backs. Tampa Bay, which they've been shutting down running backs as well. Even like I know Elvin Kamara this week didn't didn't have uh, one of his best games. He was all right, you know, he got like thirteen points. But Tampa Bay, they couldn't shut down Drew Brees, but they sure they sure kept a lid on uh, Kamara's potential. And then uh, and then Kansas City, which you know their defense is is all right the thing with Gurley is you know he finds the end zone it, there's not much else he's been able to do but he has been able to find the end zone even when he's but not supposed to but if you get mike even when he's not supposed to that's correct um but you know looking you know looking forward if if Christian McCaffrey is down for an extended period of the time please god no um, <laughs> Mike Davis and Todd Gurley with his, with his group of wide receivers, you know, he might be able to get it done and Jim, you know, he might be tired of Todd Gurley's, uh, Todd Gurley's, you know, issues. I mean, he's, he's definitely not what you thought you were going to get, you know, three years ago. That's for darn sure. Um, but you know, that, that is definitely a potential, 
potential, you know, trade he could get done. Um, but anyways, um, I did want to stop and, you know, another team I got, uh, is, uh, I'm the coon. He, he's got, um, he, he needs a wide receiver for sure. Um, cause right now he's, I'm, I don't know how he's winning the way he's winning. It's, it's pretty, um, uh, astonishing. Um, now granted he's had Delvin cook go absolutely nuclear the last couple weeks, but he's been rolling with a, a wide receiver core that looks like a hurt Kenny Galladay, um, 97-year-old A.J. Green, <laughs> um, Marvin Jones, and Curtis Samuel. Now, Curtis Samuel has been surprising, but are you going to really bet on him doing that every week? Like, I, I mean, is he going to keep out-touching, um, you know, D.J. Moore? Who, you know, is, is like, I just don't. I mean, yes, he does get to run the ball, but, um, you know, I, I think is if I don't th- expecting him to keep doing that um, for your team to carry you through the playoffs like that, I mean, that would scare me. I don't know. He The past three weeks, he's been getting, what, six, like 11-plus touches. Or, so he got 11-plus touches. He got, what, four, six. Seven plus touches in week eight. So 11, seven, and what is this? Nine, 10, 11, yeah. 12. 12. So 12. So he's almost gotten 10 touches right. for three straight weeks. But yeah. then you look at you look at his playoff schedule. Week 14 against Denver, which, you know, uh, they Denver's a hit or miss defense. Week 15 at Green Bay in the cold against, you know, they've been a bad rushing te- defense. But Green Bay can shut down some wide receivers. You know, whatever, say what you want. Green Bay can shut down wide receivers. Um, so that's week 15. That's the semifinals round. Championship round, Washington, uh, the Washington football team, who's been another really difficult team to pass on, pass on for most weeks um, because that defensive front is so nasty and it's been getting to the quarterbacks. So, um you know, you getting rid of a player like Curtis Samuel um, and, you know, Marvin Jones, you just I don't know that you'd be able to use them in a trade. But, um, you know, maybe you can offload Melvin Gordon or something. Um, but you need he's going to need to find uh, wide receiver help. And he also he didn't even find help there this week when he. Uh, he dropped Dexter Williams and uh, his 23 wasted dollars for um, one Devante Booker, who is uh, one of the backup running backs, or I guess gadget running backs, if you will, in the uh, Raiders system. Um, now, Booker has slightly outperformed uh, most of his projections, but I mean, his, his projections are two or three points, and then he gets like four or five points. So nothing... Nothing crazy. Um, uh, you know, if he – the only thing you're looking for with Devontae Booker is if he continues to vulture uh, some of Josh Jacobs' touchdowns, you know, he'll be a fine spot start going forward. But the big glaring thing on his team is uh, the lack of wide receivers. The thing that has saved him is – I mean, he's basically gotten – a hundred points between every week between Delvin Cook or seventy-five points between Delvin Cook and Russell Wilson, 
he spotted, you know, he spotted like 70 points right there. And then he just needs a little bit more to get over the top. Um, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of luck, you know, a little, a lot of luck in that. Um, and I don't think you can, you can ride them too into the playoffs. I mean, I know Delvin Cook is great, but even Delvin Cook has a, has, he's got the worst schedule for running backs in the playoffs. Week 14, first round of the playoffs at Tampa Bay. We just talked about what they did to Elvin Kamara. Week 15, Chicago. Now they've been they've been middle of the pack, but they've been pretty. I mean, they've been a pretty good defense. They shut down Derrick Henry this week, which I was surprised by. But you know, if 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 Kirk Cousins can't throw the ball against Chicago, Delvin Cook might have you know might have a rough day if that's all. Chicago has to worry about and then uh week 16 championship week at New Orleans which they've again they've been a very solid defense against running backs taking yourself to the playoffs 11 weeks 11 through 14 you know I mean Delvin Cook's gonna be awesome he's gonna be great but in the playoffs it's I mean that's gonna be tough 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 sledding so well, he's still going to be great, but he's going to have limited upside. I, I think you're better off, though, um, needing a wide receiver than you would be needing a running back. Needing a wide receiver in this league, or at least in our fantasy football league, seems easier to come by than it would be needing a running back. Because I feel like every team, we got like two or three teams out there that just hoard running backs. Like, absolutely hoard running backs. Do you have a? Do you have any examples? I can think of one for sure. Oh well, we got cash, and then I know I hoard a few running backs. Uh, most of my starting lineup is running backs. Interesting. See, I went the opposite way as you guys. Like now, granted, I have I've got three three really good. Uh, I would say top fifteen. Um, two, I would I got two top twelve running backs. And then I've got another one is like top 15. So I've got Aaron Jones, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, but those came at a price. But the route I really went was trying to um, trying to really stock up on wide receivers. You know, I got Chris Godwin, A.J. Brown in a trade last night. We'll talk about that in a little while. Um I've got um, <clears throat> C.D. Lamb, Calvin Ridley. Like, I have definitely gone wide receiver heavy. I don't want to find myself in a situation where I need wide receivers. Um, so, you know. But wide receiver, that, that, I, I, I mean, if, that's, if, if you get top-tier running backs, I mean, you're almost guaranteed to put up some sort of points every week. You never know. You can walk right. into a week where a wide receiver comes out and just puts up a big fucking fat goose egg. That's true. I mean, in in fantasy football, wide receivers do fluctuate more. However, this is dynasty, and wide receivers' careers are so much longer than uh, running backs. That's why you want to anchor your team with top end wide receiver talent, and then you keep cycling running backs through you know through the draft process and stuff. Now, if there's a great wide receiver, obviously you don't want to pass them up in the draft. But I mean, there's no telling that. Even Christian McCaffrey, there's no guarantee that three years from now he's going to be the same guy. 
Saquon Barkley, there's no guarantee that three years from now he's going to be the same guy. Well, hopefully not, because Barkley is fucking one kid that is made of paper and glass. For sure. You know, even Zeke, look at look at Zeke. Zeke was great, 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 and, you know, right off the bat. And now, all of a sudden, Tony Pollard is looking better than him on his team. Now, I'm not saying Tony Pollard is a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott, but it just goes to show that having, you know, having these top-end running backs is it's lightning in a bottle and it's great while you have it but it can easily be taken away very quickly absolutely um but anyways um i think we can uh we can move on to uh well let's talk let's 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 take a break here for a minute and we'll uh we'll talk about your team oh for sure for sure because I want to know why it is that you decided to start uh, Herbert over Patrick Mahomes in a week that you, we really, you know, as a league, needed you to uh, knock Delvin uh, off or J.K. Cash off of his pedestal. Oh. We needed you to do that, um, and you decided to start Herbert over Mahomes when every every place I see and Mahomes was projected to be the number two quarterback on the week. And Herbert was projected to be the number seven quarterback on the week. Um, I think we're all dying to know why you would uh, why you would bench the half a billion dollar man. Well, I could have started Jesus Christ himself, and I still don't think I was going to pull out the win that week. But um, I started looking at the matchup that uh, Herbert was going against compared to what Mahomes was going against, and quarterbacks have struggled against Carolina. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes ain't no just ordinary quarterback, but um, it's just a defensive matchup. It looked like it was going to be a better week for Herbert to put up more fantasy points wise, but um, obviously I was wrong in that, but I don't think it would have mattered anyway. Cause like I said, I got, I got blown out in every other department um, going into this and I knew it, it was going to be, it is. What's that? It is it is tough when you start on Thursday night and um, the opposing team's wide receiver drops thirty points on you right off the bat. You know, and then you know you're you're in the hole. You know, you got to fight your way back. Well, on, I mean, to be fair though, I did have um, McKinnon. He did put up seventeen points for me on Thursday, so he at least kept me in uh, contention, uh, or at least had me uh, my hopes a little bit higher than. Um, what they really should have been because everyone else laid an absolute fucking egg on my team, except for uh, DK Metcalf, who has been continue to continuing to impress, but um, literally uh, everyone else. Uh, I mean, then Herbert, I mean, he put up a good 27 points, which ain't bad. I mean, it was 10 points off what 10, 12 points off of what uh, Mahomes put up. But I mean, that 12 points wouldn't have done me any good either way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you definitely you had a struggle, but you know, I just I like to definitely like to bust your balls about not starting Pat Mahomes. I mean, it would take I I don't I don't see any reason other than a bye week that I would if I had Pat Mahomes on my team that I would sit him unless unless he was going against like like a historically great defense, you know, like we've never seen a defense like this before and they're shutting everybody down. Like then, you know, then maybe, Oh, there's been a few um, weeks this you know, year but, when Herbert outscored Mahomes. So I was hoping that this week was going to be one of those weeks that, or I wasn't hoping it, it looked like it. Everything that I was reading into, it looked like 
Herbert was going to outscore Mahomes in the fantasy department. But um, interesting. I mean, obviously. Well, hey, you, get you win some, wrong. you lose some. Exactly. If you win the championship, you'll get the last laugh, and it ain't gonna matter what uh what happened in Week Nine against uh, Cash. So, um, all right, moving on to uh, you know, Mr. Kodiak, who is uh in the uh in the three hole on uh, the tacos division. He's sitting at five and four, and he also really could use another wide receiver um, to put him over the top. However, if he plans to uh, have a fighting chance this week, he is going to have to uh, he's going to have to go get himself a quarterback first because uh, he's got uh, Matt Ryan on by, and then Dwayne Haskins uh, has been benched because well he's no good at football. Uh, which uh, seems to be a, a common theme with um, Ohio State quarterbacks after college. They just, you know, they don't know how to do it at the pro level. But it's an argument for another day. Um, there is, a, you know, Nick Mullins is available on waivers, uh, Kodiak, if uh, if you're listening to this, uh, which I know you're not because you don't have any involvement in this <laughs> league. And, I mean, we do I, aim to change that. We do want everybody to get involved, and we want you to have a, uh, we, you know, we want you to have a voice, and we want you to be involved in this league, and we want you to have a chance here. We want, you know, we, we want what's best for everybody. We got to so get him on as a guest. That's who we need to get on as a guest, is uh, yeah, the, the mythical uh, Kodiak, who uh, no one ever knows who the hell he is. Well, the same thing with Jim. I mean, but again, argument for another day. Anyways, uh, Nick Mullins is available on uh, waivers. Now, I know what you're thinking. Nick Mullins is the backup quarterback for San Francisco. But there are some who have been calling for uh, for Nick Mullins to start over uh, Jimmy Garoppolo because uh, Jimmy G's no good. Um, uh, you know, their words, not mine. I don't think Jimmy G's any good, but hey, this isn't about me. Um, you know, it, it, I don't think it's a ringing endorsement from your coach when you play in the NFC championship game and you only throw the ball six times clear or eight times, excuse me, clearly your coach doesn't want to use you because he's afraid you're going to cost the game. Well, either way but though, I think, I mean, picking up Nick, Nick Mullins Mullen, is, it's not going to be a bad idea. Cause I mean, he obviously doesn't have any other option yeah. at this point. So why trade when he gets sure. somebody up? Well, yeah, he could even, yeah, he could get rid of Dwayne Haskins because I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I don't, you know, I just don't, I don't believe. But, hey, you know, hold on to him, see what happens. Um, But Nick Mullins, he is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, they are playing, I believe, the uh, New Orleans Saints this year, or this week. Um, But I think they, if if memory serves, they're playing in New Orleans, which, you know, it's not the end of the world because uh, there's no fans allowed there or very few fans allowed there. Um, and he should he should have Debo back, it looks like. Saints he should have Brandon Ayuk back. Now. What? Saints are damn good at home now. Um, yeah, they are damn good at home, but again, there's no fans there, so it doesn't it doesn't there's not the sting that it used to have. Um, but they do have Raheem Mostert is hopeful to play. I don't think he's um, playing from what I heard. From what I read I, last, uh, that uh, he will most likely not be playing. Neither will Tev, uh, Tevin Coleman. The report I saw later this afternoon was that Raheem Mostert is looking good for this week. So we'll see what happens. 
Um, but if he has him back, you know, you got Jordan Reed as a tight end to throw to. He's, you know, he's healthy. He's solid. Um, and then you got Debo and Brandon Ayuk, who have been great. They're great scheme fits for uh, Shanahan's system. You know, Nick Nick Mullins, you know, I know it, it was it was rough against Green Bay, but um, uh, it could he could have he could have a good game. He could have a start worthy game, get you like twenty points, twenty five points, which um, right now is better than the zero points that Mister Dwayne Hack Haskins or uh, Matt Ryan are going to get you. Plus, you have players on your team like um, you know Javorius Allen who is a running back on no team. So you could just cut him and boom, you got the spot, you know, <laughs> um, you know, you got a couple, you know, you got, and then you got guys that I think you could, uh, you could slip into the IR spot, which would also free up a spot for you to pick up Nick Mullins. So first and foremost, you need a quarterback. Secondly, he needs a wide receiver. Um, now he doesn't have a ton on his team that he can give up as far as trade capital. However, um, you know, maybe one of the teams that needs a running back, you could offload, uh, Jamal Williams because Jamal Williams has been solid, um, even in the games when Aaron Jones has played and he is, um, I know there's a little C next to his name, but he has been activated from the COVID list. I guess sleeper is just a little bit behind. Um, and you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, so I can't see you starting Jamal Williams over either of them. Um, but you could offload him. You could. You have Darnell Mooney, who's been a solid, uh, a solid wide receiver uh, for the Bears. And I know he's a rookie, but you could, you could take him. You could take some draft picks and offload him and try and get a bigger name wide receiver. I know. Look, it it, it hamstrings you a little bit in the future. But, you know, are we going for the championship or not? I mean, if you don't want to try and win the playoffs, what the hell are we here for? Um, you know, so those are uh, those are my thoughts on, uh, you know, trades. I kind of left you your team out and I left uh, J.K. Cash's team out because, um, you know, you guys can you guys can go get a little cherry on top if you want. But I don't think there's a whole lot that you. That is a dire need for you right now. Did you see anything from these uh, these other playoff contenders that um, that you think they should go they should go after, or um, maybe a team that is looking to build for the future that could uh, could offload a piece to one of these teams and uh, and and garner a few more draft picks to try and you know try and really get some uh, some rookie talent infused. Listen, Kodiak, I think I called this, what, three weeks ago. Um, this is a definitely dark horse going into the playoffs that I would be a little bit nervous to play against, given his lineup. I mean, if they're at full strength, I mean, I haven't gone through his players and seen who has the strongest schedule moving forward for playoff time, but um, he would be one that would worry me come, play it, uh, come the playoffs. Uh, my biggest key in here is if I was him, I would still unload either Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. Um, uh, me personally, I'd probably try to get rid of Kareem Hunt. Obviously, I think you're going to get a little bit less for him. But um, I'd be working on those two, trying to pick up, pull in another wide receiver because um, having two running backs on the same team, even though somehow they both end up putting up a decent amount of points, 
just is very conflicting because one could easily just bottom out for like one or two weeks while the other one just supersedes all expectations. For sure. Um, you know, and that, you know, that's another thing though, is I was, see, I was thinking of playoff contenders trading with, um, you know, the bottom feeder teams for, you know, giving up draft picks for players to make their teams more solid. But, you know, when you like a team like Lucroy, who he needs a running back and he's got all these fairly good um, receivers, yeah. you know, definitely, definitely top 24 wide receivers. Um, he could trade away. He could give Kodiak one of his wide receivers and maybe a draft pick, uh, you know, a little draft pick swap for uh, Kareem Hunt or, or Nick Chubb. Um, and, and, you know, maybe a, again, a draft pick swap of some poor, uh, of some kind. Um, you know, he could also, he could also go and he, uh, Kodiak has Gio, um, Gio on his team, Giovanni Bernard. He could try and trade him to the, uh, the Mixon owner, which I believe is uh Treebeard, and see if he could get, um, you know, maybe he could go get a uh, DJ Chark. You know, he'd obviously he'd have to pair some draft picks with the, uh, with the Geo, um, you know, uh, piece, but he could, you know, maybe, maybe he could go that route too. Well, so, you know, I feel like right now we're talking to a fucking brick wall because Kodiak doesn't trade anybody. The only person he's traded any time in the past, um, per this dynasty league has been JK cash. And that was twice. And that was back in May. So, um, maybe uh, they're, maybe they're friends or maybe, maybe just maybe JK cash is, uh, <laughs> you know, Kodiak is his alter ego. And, um, you know, he's trying to give himself two opportunities, uh, to win the championship. Wouldn't be the first time that somebody tried that in this league. Don't get me fucking um, started. Don't get John started. That is definitely true. Um, yeah, it, it does look like the only time he trades is with uh, with Delvin. So we'll, you know, we'll we will have to uh, we'll have to put in some effort to uh, to see if we can get some facts behind these uh, these allegations um, that that we are uh, putting out there. Maybe maybe I'll see if I can get Kodiak's phone number and I'll call him and I'll see what his voice sounds like. <laughs> and, and um you know we'll go from there but um you know i don't think I, any I trades did, are gonna uh, happen between him and anybody else anytime soon because um he uh, barely dabbles on the waiver from what i've seen it didn't look yeah. like he dabbled in the waiver and he only has what like four messages on the comments yeah i you know i did, actually i wanted to i wanted to talk talk about this a little bit um you know, it's funny. So I think we can talk about, since we're on the subject of trades, we had a massively contentious trade go down in our league um, last night um, after John went to bed at uh, three in the afternoon. And um, the trade that was heavily contentious was the robbery, the robbery, AJ Brown. It was not a robbery. Listen, that is fake news. Um, I just want to know: Did you AJ bring Brown a weapon? Was, did you use a weapon? Listen, I called Roberto on the phone. Personal. So we now had, we have personal phone numbers. We're using personal phone numbers 
to make trades now. But look, when you go back as far as we do, you get to do that. <laughs> so I gave up Amari Cooper, who is garbage. Um, he's a great wide garbage. receiver. He's a great. Listen, he is great. He was leading the NFL in <laughs> targets on the number one scoring offense in football before Dak Prescott got hurt. Now, Amari Cooper just signed a $100 million deal, and it looks like Dak Prescott is going to hopefully be the quarterback in Dallas moving forward, and he throws to Amari Cooper a ton. That was the only thing of value in that trade. And then I gave up Damian Harris. He's a, he's a solid running back. Who? He's a second-year running back for the New England Patriots, um, and he's he's been solid. I know they do a little bit of a committee thing, but you know he has been solid. You know I, you say whatever you want. Hey, this he's is been good. solid. Uh, let me grab my popcorn real quick. You're making this good. And then the you know everybody's been bugging me about. The damn, you know, the draft picks and team needs and you you robbed him on this trade because you didn't you didn't see to his needs. Well, if you take a look at Robert's roster and his assets, he currently has. Um, let's see here. He has is in possession of the two first round picks next year three second round picks, a third round pick and a fifth round pick. Now that first round, one of those first round picks is obviously his. The other first round pick um, is belongs to one chop 17, who is definitely looking to be probably the uh, number one overall pick again. And um, you know, that trade that, that is also a pick that I gave him on a different trade, but I, you know, so now he has three picks in the first, or I'm excuse me, five picks in the first two rounds on a team that we have both deemed as the quickest turnaround team in our league from bottom of the barrel to at least mid-range contender in one year if he makes a couple of good waiver picks and he really does his homework on the rookie draft. He's got two first-round picks and three second-round picks. That is some great assets to go into next year's with. Now, this is also a year where you have players like Travis Etienne running back out of Clemson, who is the number one running back prospect. Um, and he is projected to go in the first round of the NFL draft. How many running backs went in the first round of the draft last year? Oh, yeah, that's right. Zero. Um, what else? We got Kenny Gainwell running back out of Memphis. He's projected in the first first two or three uh, rounds of the NFL draft. He will be available. Um, Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama, is the third-ranked running back prospect right now. He is projected to go in the second or third round. But you know, it's not just about running backs that he needs. Let's look at let's look at wide receivers. You've got Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. He's projected to be in the top 16 overall picks in the NFL draft. We got Jalen Waddell, wide receiver out of Alabama. He's going to be a first-round wide receiver. We've got Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. He's going to be in the top two rounds. 
you know, everybody talks about how last year was the biggest wide receiver class, like the deepest wide receiver class in a long, long time. This year's wide receiver class is no slouch. So he could easily pick up some great wide receivers, some great running backs moving forward. And if any of them have the early impact like uh, Justin Jefferson has had or CeeDee Lamb has had, he could have right from day one have some great prospects going forward. Until they go to the Jets and then, then their career is ruined. Listen, there's only one player going to the Jets, and that is Mr. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. I'm not buying this. Oh, I might stay in college for my senior year, blah, blah, blah. I'm not buying that crap. I think that's him being humble at that point. Yeah, I think that's him being humble at that point. He's going to be the number one overall pick. He is going to go to the Jets. Well, he might even go to the Jags, which I think would be a better situation. Um, We'll see if the Jets can screw that up, if Adam Gase can screw the Jets before Adam Gase gets booted out of town. So you're telling me that Minshew time in Jacksonville is coming to a close? Well, it very well could be. Um, I've heard uh, heard through the grapevine that there might not be a uh, there might not be a uh, quarterback in Indy next year named uh, Philip Rivers. So you know maybe if the Jags move on from Minshew and cut him because they find their guy in the draft, maybe he could go find a home there at the division rival Indianapolis Colts. That'd be pretty cool. But, you know, all right, we got Trevor Lawrence coming out in the draft. Justin Fields is projected to be a top 10 quarterback. Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State, is definitely projected to be a high first-round pick. Um, And so these are all quarterbacks that, um, if you remember to last year, um, I took uh, Joe Burrow early in the the second round. And And all of them started going. Right. So, you know, with five picks in the first two rounds, Robert could easily have his pick of the litter on any skill position he wants, any player he wants, he can go get. And if the cards fall right, hey, maybe he maybe him and maybe him and uh, Chops finish, you know, 11th and 12th in our league. And then he'll have the number one overall and the number two overall pick, followed by. The, you know, first or second pick of the second round, a top four pick in the second round, and then a late, you know, a late second round pick, um, you know, or maybe he could, maybe he could try and offload a couple of those second round picks and bump up to the first round. Um, you know, who knows? So you know, how maybe much, how much time did you spend today on trying to make yourself look like you didn't absolutely rape Robert in this trade? I spent almost zero time on this. I actually, I was able to go back and uh, and do some work today for the first time in, in three and a half months. I've been uh, I've been very very sick, very under the weather. Um, you know, battling battling some serious stuff. So getting back to go to work today actually uh, was awesome. I was, and I didn't really think about fantasy football at all. I was very happy to hear that. And uh, another thing is, I want to take a few minutes real quick to. Uh, Thank you, um, Lamb and Robert Harvell. Um, thank you guys for your service, and um, happy Veterans Day to you guys. And it was really a pleasure and an honor to serve with you guys. So I just want to say thank you, and I, happy belated birthday to you three. 
Yeah, pre- appreciate that, buddy. It was an honor, an honor to serve with you too. Um, you know, we we thank all the veterans out there, all the people we served with, all the people that came before us, all the people that are deciding to uh, serve after us. It takes a special human being to uh, to to sign on that dotted line and and offer up to up to their life if needed to. Uh, you know, for, for this great country, regardless of what you think politically, regardless of what you think of the wars, um, you know, g- give a high five to a vet today. If you didn't today, give one, you know, give them a high five tomorrow. Pay for maybe pay for their meal at, uh, at McDonald's. If you see their license plate or something that says vet, maybe buy them a coffee at Starbucks, something. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, appreciate that, buddy. And happy, happy birthday to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, do you have, is, is there anything that you had that you, uh, you thought was pressing to, uh, to get into, uh, tonight? Cause if not, we can, you know, we can always move on to notable matchups of next week. Yeah, I think, um, um, I think we're coming up on what, 51 minutes. Uh, there's one other thing that I did want to hit on before we, uh, move forward to next week is, uh, I really want to quit, uh, ask you how tight your butthole gets, um, during uh, Sundays, with how close, how many of your games have been this year? Uh, bro, I can't. <laughs> like, listen, let, let's. I'm. Let me. Let me set the table for it a little bit. I am, you know. So let's. Uh, we'll talk about the other weeks, but this week especially, I was up against it in two different leagues. Uh, in one league, I had finished my games on Sunday. My cousin had the Jets defense and Rex Burkhead. I was up by uh, like 17 points, so I I wasn't concerned at all until the game started, and I was very concerned. Um, <laughs> and the roller coaster, uh, you know, because Rex Burkhead just kept getting the ball. And, da- you know, Damian Harris was getting the ball too, um, but Rex Burkhead was getting the ball a lot. And, uh, and you know, the Jets defense was holding down the pats for a while. And it was like, oh, it's over. But then every time Rex Burkhead would score or uh, Rex Burkhead would touch the ball, his score would go up on me. But then the <laughs> Patriots would score and then it would take away from his defense, put me back on top. And it was this roller coaster for the fourth quarter that, I mean, I ended up winning by 0.2 points in that oh league. Oh, my God. Um, but then to come to this league, and we'll just you know take a quick look at it. I had Damian Harris. I was I was I was up by I want to say I was up by like four points or something going into the game. Um, I had Damian Harris. I had Jamison or he had Jamison Crowder. All right, no big deal. Jamison Crowder's been hurt. They got Joe Flacco. This should be all right. Damian Harris has been solid. Game started. Damian Harris is getting carries. All right, my we, my lead is going up. My lead is going up. Right before halftime, Jamison Crowder catches the most unbelievable touchdown I've seen in a long time. When they did their next gen stats thing, they said it or the AWS, you know, thing. Um, it said that that had a six percent chance of completion. That was his toe drag in the corner of the end zone, wasn't it? That was yes. That was the toe drag in the corner of the end zone. That touchdown was worth like eight eight point five points. That put him up again up on me by two and a half points, and I was like, dude, I was shitting my pants. <laughs> well, and then 
And then the Patriots come back on the field, and it's mostly Rex, Bur Rex Burkhead, but Damian Harris got a few carries, putting me back up a little bit. Oh, all right, I'm back on top. Whew. You know, I can I can breathe breathe easy a little bit. Pe Jets come back on the field. He catches another ball, putting him back up on top of me, and then it's all all Rex Burkhead, and I'm like, oh my god. And then he comes back out. Damian Harris comes out. He rips off a 21 yard run and gets hurt, possible lung contu or uh, I'm sorry, lung puncture or a uh, or a cracked rib or broken rib, and he's done. And I am up by the score you see there, 121.1 to 120.06. And I was just like, don't go to overtime. Don't go to overtime. Don't go. And when, <laughs> when, when Flacco threw that last incomplete pass after he got sacked and the Patriots got the ball back, I, dude, my, my, I was having heart palpitations. I didn't, I got, I, I was losing it. Maybe this is your problem, bro. Maybe it's football and sports. Maybe you need to calm down with sports for a little bit. Right, but I'm like I'm in such a weird spot because I have a good team, but injuries have been killing me. All right. Well, um, either way, last week, I mean, that was a big win for you, like an extremely big win, because that's the difference. Yeah, I, of need, you I had to have it. That, that's the difference of you literally keeping the door wide open for Hulk to uh, run all over you. Uh, or or slamming the door shut. Exactly, and but I think the door is pretty shut. Yeah, you look back at week seven. I beat Robert one twelve point oh eight to one thirteen point oh two. That week was another heart attack. I mean, I already spent time on this show talking about that one. Um, week six, I won eighty six point four to eighty two point six. Again, when we got the uh, when we got the weekly recap, it said that was the tightest game. Um, that was, I mean, that one was a struggle cause I was projected, I was projected to smoke him. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was, it was um, <laughs> just a shit show. You know, it was a shit show week four. I lost by less than 0.2 points, 149.68 to 149.82. Well, but wait, it gets better. Week three, I lost 119.42. To 121.28 it's the same old song and dance pretty much every week i consistently have like i swear i have the toughest schedule oh my um, stop with this tough schedule shit listen i am i'm i am i do not want to hear it. we play all the same people just look you have bad luck i wouldn't say you have the toughest schedule i say you have bad luck because interesting. So explain to me, sir. Um, explain to me. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, why it is that when you look at our league and you look at the league history, and so you look at the last th last uh, three years um, that we have here. Listen, points points scored. I am um, I'm number two in overall points scored in the entire history of our league. Yeah, and then you go and look at points scored against me. I have 2,671 points scored against me. <laughs> there is not there is not a team. Hang on. There is not a team that has had more than 2,400 points scored against them. 
like I said, bad luck, have, bro. It's I not have, look. It's because you played me. You played me a lot. I've That's had why. you played me too much. I have had almost 300 more points scored against me in the history of our league <laughs> Dude, that's so than any funny. other team. It's it's bad luck, I'm telling you. It's when you it play is bad luck. When you play these teams, all right, so let's say uh what did you you played Robert already. Well, let's say you had Robert this week. You're playing Robert. This yeah. would be the week that Robert's team somehow put up 150 points. Oh, yeah, and then when he he and he just traded me AJ Brown and that would mean um, you know, like AJ Brown would probably have a goose egg, <laughs> you know, because that would be my luck. But However, like I'm this saying, week, it's, it's not it's the strength. Of, I mean, yeah, guaranteed it, depending on when you play, who you're playing, obviously they're going to have people on by right. or people that are hurt. But I mean, it has a lot to do with fantasy luck, man. I mean, it's, listen, no, this, this goes all the way to the top. This goes all the way to Roger Goodell. <laughs> it, he, he has a vendetta. He is making somehow he knows I hate him. He is making this happen. It is ridiculous. But this week, um, you know, all right. So, anyways, um, I don't think we got. You know, I know you said a robbery, but like, can we get an honest look real quick? All right, at I'll, what you thought I'll, about I'll, the trade? I'll give you an honest look. Um, I was completely astonished that Robert would go ahead and um, trade away one of his main building blocks. I don't care if what he got out of that trade. A.J. Brown was a dominant force in this league, and it's for Robert to get rid of that man, I was I was astonished. I was amazed. Okay, um, but now A.J. Right, g- g- I'm sorry. Amari Cooper is a great oh, building block as well. Amari Cooper's he's only little, 26 years old. He's only 26. He's a little bit older. And I think going forward, I think A.J. Brown has less of a bust potential than Amari Cooper does, given the Cowboys' stacked wide receiver core. I don't care who they have at quarterback. I mean, yeah, let, let's start back at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Cooper was getting everything from Dak at the beginning of the season, but that was this year. Anything could change. I mean, anything could change with any player, honestly. But uh, I, I mean, it, yeah. But calculator wise, and I think looking at it, the only thing I think that was uh, a reasonable trade, uh, a reasonable um, player slash uh, draft pick in that was uh, Amari Cooper and the early second rounder for uh aj brown and i think aj brown's worth a little bit more than that because that late second rounder i mean you could it could be any anybody could fall to a late second round i mean hell uh okay yeah but he's running back in the fifth round last year i know but look at you know look at you get picking up justin herbert in the third round falling into your lap had i not did look at had i not did what i did now yes robert would have still had aj brown so that would have been fine but then he would have had one two three four he would have had five draft picks that's it Okay, so now, yes, you lose you lose a little bit of age in your wide receiver, but you go from five draft picks to seven draft picks and five of those picks are in the first two rounds. So you had to make a you have to make a trade. You want you want to build for your future. You want to turn your team around fast or do you want to do this over a couple of years? If you want to do it fast, you sacrifice the age a little bit for still a great wide receiver. And then you get good draft picks also in return. Look, I don't, I don't think it was as bad as a trade as everyone made it seem. But um, 
I would. It, just, I mean, it definitely wasn't no damn Alvin Kamara for Debo Samuel trade. No, I will not. I will not have anybody criticizing me. Nowhere near. Nowhere especially near. that pulls off that trade. Nowhere near. It. It. Um. It, it definitely. No. It wasn't as bad as a trade. I think. Uh. I was just trying to stir the shit up this morning because it was funny. Um. How pissed off everybody went got about this. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think it was a uh, terrible trade. Uh, I do agree that um, uh, the one thing that I do I will agree with is I was surprised that Robert traded away AJ Brown. Um, I don't think anyone expected that. I think that's why everyone was a little bit on edge this morning. And well, you know, the funny I think the funniest part of the whole trade, and everybody should honestly be thanking me, is that. Um, Joe, JK cash had been, uh, talking to Robert throughout the entire day. Um, or at least part of the day of trying to get a deal done. And literally the very second that Robert hit the accept button on the trade, he had a direct message from JK cash. What the hell? I thought you said he was untouchable. Now let's, you know, let's, this is what happens. When you offer people crappy trade after crappy trade after crappy trade, when you come at them and say, what is the asking price for so-and-so, they're just going to tell you that you can't have them because they're fully expecting that you don't want to give anything fair. Well, no, see, I I somewhat disagree with that because when I first go out for a trade, I mean, obviously, I don't fucking completely lowball people, but I'm going to send them a lower offer fully expecting a counter offer fully expecting some sort of counter to what I offered. Cause I want to give them the option of saying, Hey, look, this is what I'm going to try to value your guy out. What do you value your guy out? Cause I mean, I ain't going to show my whole hand immediately. That's fair. So I, See, I was really trying to get, I was really trying to get a deal done. It was either, I had I had two trades that were basically um, that were that were very very close to done. What was I the other hammered trade? Robert a little. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Who was that um, between? Was that? It would. It, it, I was talking to. Uh, I was talking to Lamb. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But it was it was going to be another big big trade. It would have been fair. Um, but, you know, it was funny when I started with this trade yesterday, um, I went to Robert and I I said, OK, this is what I'm thinking. And it was the trade that I had offered. And then after I had came up with what I thought uh, could possibly get the deal done, I went online and I looked at a, a trade calculator just to verify it. And the trade calculator said it was fair. Now I didn't start with the trade calculator. That just happened. That happened to turn out that way. That was, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I use that as some kind of paper evidence to back up the fact that it's a fair trade. Like you can not like it. That's fine. I don't care. It's fair. Fair is fair. You're mad because you know if somebody's mad because my team got better and it makes their road to the championship harder. That's too damn bad, bro. Ass it's is big ass. World. In the end of the at the end of the day, ass is ass. So. I could agree with fair is fair, but let's, uh, I um, I think, um, I think we're getting up, pushed up here against the wall. We're getting pretty close to our timing. So, uh, let's jump ahead. We're up against the wall, but 
Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, let's jump ahead and take a look at uh, next week's matchups. Uh, who are your – I mean, outside of you versus your cousin, um, you versus Cash. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that's a big one for you again. Because, I mean, right now, I think at it's this a, point where you're sitting, you got to win, I think, the last few games to put yourself in a good position yeah, going forward. I, I, I got to win. Um, definitely got to win. Um, but – I, you know, I think, I think I got the chance, his, his team, I, I'm not going to you know what? I'm not going to say it because I've said it the last two weeks and I, his I've been wrong each time up. the upset couldn't happen. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I just, I'll say, I like my chances. I'm sure he's going to laugh when he hears this and disagree, but, uh, I like my chances. You know, I did see a pretty cool stat, um, about uh, Joe's uh, number one overall pick, Mr. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, and his snap counts, um, they have been dropping off precipitously um, every week. Um, you know, now he's down, you know, week nine, he was down to 40% snap counts, which is not what you want to see from your, you know, your superstar number now, one see, overall pick. I, I got to butt in real quick. The only argument I have with that is um, look at what their offense is. Um, the scheme has been uh, the past, what, three weeks? They've been very, or past right. two weeks, they've been very, 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 very pass heavy. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the only reason I right. know this, obviously, uh, very well is because, I mean, obviously, I got Patrick Mahomes on my team. So I've been following. Uh, what he's done fantasy wise, and three weeks ago he put—I th- I think it was three weeks ago. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think it's three weeks ago he put up absolute shit. Fourteen points. It was they were just running, right. running, 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 running the ball, and uh, obviously his snap count was up that week. But the past two weeks, you look at it right. now, and it's been a very pass-heavy offense. They haven't involved uh, the running game that much. Yeah, and. Uh- I think I think um, I think the reasoning for that is um, they just paid Patrick Mahomes a half a billion dollars. So you want to find an excuse to allow your half a billion dollar man to throw the ball a hundred percent of the time. You just go get a, gun, a running back. That's not very good. You know, they they tried it with Ceh and it's not really working out to their benefit. All right, we'll see if Le'Veon Bell's got anything. If he doesn't have anything. Well, you know, we tried. Pat, just go chuck the ball a bunch. And it, it, look, it works out because who should have the ball in their hands in the Kansas City offense? No one else other than Mr. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That's a little tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, it's a funny argument for me. But anyways, All right, what about on. what about this game? Uh, I think uh, Luke Roy Kodiak, that has that a game with – exactly the game <laughs> I was going to bring up. It's got to be the playoff implications coming out of this game are very exciting, very fucking exciting. Very exciting, especially um, in the Tacos division, which still – Still could have a little bit of a, a little bit of a shakeup. I'm I'm not really expecting it. This is a rough week for for Kodiak, but moving forward, he seems like he should be fine. And if he can pull, if he can pull off the win against Lucroy, like I said, if you know, maybe go get Nick Mullins and get him in at quarterback. Maybe maybe get a trade done before um, this week. Public service announcement. You have to complete your trade before the Monday night football game ends. Otherwise, there will be no more trading. That is the trade deadline. So if anybody is planning on completing a trade, Monday night football, 
0-0-0. That's your deadline. That is it. So wasn't that uh didn't we, no have, didn't we have an issue with that last last year? Now that was written yes, into Yes, it was a little confusing. It was written into our thing this year now, right? I uh, I believe so, but I just looked at the league rules. If you look at the app on your phone, it says you cannot complete a trade after Monday night football is over. And so I'm telling everybody right now that is your deadline to get a trade done. Um, but if Kodiak can pull off a trade, if Kodiak can go pick up a quarterback, um, now that I say that, maybe somebody uh, is going to go try and play keep away from him. Luckily, Kodiak has $99 and uh, nobody else does. Not saying you should spend $99 on. Uh, no, we're definitely on, saying uh, spend $99. <laughs> go ahead, throw it but, all, blow it know, all. I mean, it's. It's basically the end of the season, um, and there's not going to be too many more options on the waiver wire rest of season. Um, so, you know, you could – you, I mean, you could do that. But um, if he can pull that off, uh, you know, Kodiak, you know, then he really cements that three spot for sure, I think. And, um, you know, Lucroy Lucroy would still be okay with a loss um, in our division because – we got a lot of bottom feeders in our division, which it's unfortunate for Hulk smash. Cause you know, I think, I think he was second last year. He was, he was, he was and our, was, uh, supposed to be our savior going into, uh, the championship game and he, uh, completely shit the bed. Yeah. Now he's, you know, he fell off, but, um, you know, another big, another big matchup is, uh, Treebeard versus Chops. Um, Treebeard absolutely has to hold on to this game if he wants any chance um, of making the playoffs this year. But as I said before, after I talked about those uh, those rookie prospects that are coming in, um, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink to you bottom feeder teams, it would behoove you to make sure that you're going to get one of those guys on your team and fighting for the playoffs right now. Uh, I you know. Not recommended, um, but you do you, you do you. Um, it's also a big game for Chops if he wants to keep a keep a shot at this uh, this first pick. If he wins, um, you know he starts falling into you know second, third, fourth pick, which doesn't help him. I guess that helps Robert. So um, you know, but for the later rounds, it'll help him. I don't know, Brand um, um, Brando is pretty damn close to uh, that first pick, which I mean, I'm sure he's uh, definitely gauging that because I think he got two first rounders this uh, this year. So having the first, does, uh, the first round, <laughs> no shit. But um, you know, he does. Let's see who he has to face rest of season. Yeah, he's he's got a rough schedule rest of season. So, um, you know, for you other teams that are uh, that are trying to get the first pick, you have to find a way to do worse than Brando. Um, that's for sure because Brando is playing rest of season. He's playing Lucroy. He is playing uh, John Lope. He's playing uh, the like basically the best teams in the league. Um, so he's going to have a hard time of uh, pulling off any upset victories. Which I'm sure he's, you know, I mean, he's thrilled about. So you know, make sure you can see if you can try and beat him for that number one pick. Um, 
but you know, I don't, I don't have anything else super, uh, super pressing. I think we can, uh, we can wrap it up here. We're definitely going over time today. Absolutely. Sorry, everybody, but hey, it's a little bit of fun. Um, and let's see if we can get, uh, let's see if we can get another trade done. Um, if we get a trade done before Sunday morning, we will, uh, we'll hop on and at least talk about that trade. Um, otherwise, uh, we will, we'll catch you all on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, hey. John, uh, thanks for, thanks for sticking around tonight. Ray, it's uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, uh, like I said earlier, happy veterans day and thank you for your service. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Buddy. All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, we ask that you leave a review and tell someone about it. For more from us throughout the week, check us out on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Island or on Patriot.com slash Fantasy Island Dynasty, where you can leave us a buck a month if you so choose. You know, maybe every episode you hear, you will think is better than the last one. Maybe you'd like to have some impact and really help an independent podcast get off its baby deer legs and become something great. And if that's the case, maybe you could decide to skip a coffee or maybe a soda and toss us three bucks, maybe five bucks a month. We want to be the best and funniest part of your week, and we will dump every spare dollar we find to make that happen. And we hope you will join us on this journey. This is the Fantasy Island Dynasty Podcast, and we are out of time.